Once you hit November, um, we're really considering that Black Friday stretches the entire month of November. So um, we're really trying to push promotions earlier on. Everyone's kind of um, in the mid to upper funnel in Facebook's eyes now because there's no signals coming from iOS devices. So, you know, as long as you have great content in the upper funnel and you're testing a ton of creative, I think you'll still be able to do super well in this ecosystem. Only sending messages to people who are buying certain things. Don't, don't spam them with a bunch of other stuff that we know they don't buy those products. We find if we acquire someone's email through a quiz, they're about twice as likely to open. Obviously, it takes a little more money per email or traffic per sign up, obviously, because there is a little more friction there. On this episode, you're going to get Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Q4 insights from four directors at upper mid-market direct-to-consumer e-commerce businesses. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kunle Campbell, the host of the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Welcome, welcome to the show. And this is the e-commerce podcast show dedicated to rapid growth in direct consumer selling space. If you work in marketing or um, you're a founder at an e-commerce business, I am going to help you sell more directly to your customers. Each week on this podcast, I interview an expert, a founder at a direct consumer e-commerce business or representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS product. And we're focused on helping you improve growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimate these sales. Our remit is to help you sell more sustainably, essentially. Now, um, if you haven't, um, if you've listened to the last few episodes, um, this is day eight. This should be November 8th. You're listening to this episode. And essentially, this is the final expert panel session from our recently concluded Commerce Excel conference, which took place in September 15th and 16th of 2021. This this expert panel was very, very was was very nice. I, I was it was one of my favorites, and, and that's because 
we put together four leaders, four marketing directors from upper mid-tier um, e-commerce businesses, and they were just giving as much value as possible. The nice thing about it is that these guys, do they're never in the spotlight. Um, they are just slogging it out, building, 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 and growing their e-commerce businesses. And, you know, trust trust us, my team went on to find them we and then we, we we drag them essentially to come in and share because these 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 brands are all building meaningful meaningful value to in the markets that they operate um that they're all upper mid tier and 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 they shed a lot of light on on um what they're doing what what has worked in the past what how they 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 they're handling the challenges ahead and, and there's just so many angles and situations unique to each of them that you know you will most certainly learn you know from them as as a as as a builder of an e-commerce brand yourself it was hosted by the director of retail advocacy at bolt Bolt Checkout, if you you must know them, they sponsored this podcast a while ago. His name was Ian Leslie, and he was an excellent moderator. They, they went through a lot, a lot of a, a lot of topics. They they talked about um, the iOS ATT app tracking, transparency, privacy, you know, updates. They talked about you know how to prepare, what the building blocks for quarter four is like. Um, they talked about budgets. They talked about fundamental pillars of building a rock solid Q four. This this was deep. This was very tactical. And um, if marketing is your thing in e-commerce, you're bang on. Now, before I let you go, before you start to listen to this episode, um, basically, I would like you to, there's going to be a message from our sponsors. So listen in, you know, very attentively, please, um, ladies and gentlemen, listen in to our sponsors. And shortly after that, um, you would, you know, just get in 40 minutes of juice, essentially, to, to, to help you out this Q4 and Black Friday's Cyber Monday. Um, this is, this concludes um, our, um, yeah, our, our series um, the next episode will be this Thursday, the 11th of November, and we'll just continue with our weekly um, weekly um, cadence or, you know, our weekly shows uh, moving forward. I just hope this last eight days have been of, you know, just value to, to yourselves and you're able to, you know, use some of the information on here to, to really change certain things around. Even if it's one thing that delivers massive, massive leverage, you know, so be it. Enjoy, and I shall catch you on the next show. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Cloudways has become the hosting platform of choice for thousands of e-commerce merchants, SMBs, and agencies around the globe. 
why? Well, there's a high-performing custom stack, top-notch security, the choice between five cloud solution providers, ease of scalability, affordable pricing plans, and so much more. Cloudways also offers support for all PHP-based applications like Magento, WooCommerce, WordPress, Laravel, and others. Experience an unbeatable managed cloud hosting experience with Cloudways today. For a $20 free hosting credit, use the coupon code BOOSTMAG. That's B-O-O-S-T-M-A-G. That's BOOSTMAG. Moving dreams forward, Cloudways. And welcome back to the Commerce Excel Conference. What a day it has been. Amazing value dropped, dynamic speakers. That last speaker on stage two, on stage two was pretty awesome, I must say myself. Uh, we've got some fantastic value delivered today. I hope you guys uh, found it as valuable as I did. Uh, welcome back to stage two. We're not quite done yet. Stage two is brought to you by Imarsis, the omni-channel customer engagement platform of choice for companies worldwide. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Juni, the financial companion that tracks your entire business in one place, as well as our other sponsors, PostScript, Recart, OmniSend, Bolt, and BeProfit. Thank you so much. Without you, it wouldn't be possible. I am back, and I am still your host, Trevor Crotz, a.k.a. Trevor Number 1. I'm the president and founder of Buddy Brands and ScanShop 3D. We have one more panel still coming up, and then we'll be back on Stage 2 tomorrow. So don't forget, uh, keep conversations going today and this evening at hashtag CommerceExcel and also at 2X eCommerce on Twitter and 2X eCommerce on LinkedIn. Now, given the challenges in the industry in 2021, this session is going to help you grasp the varied approaches to marketing marketing employed by our panel of upper mid-market direct-to-consumer marketing leaders that you can easily benchmark your end year to strong. Our all-star panel features Joe Cornfield from, Cal from Compound Studio, uh, Stefan Lukak from Indochino, Michael Ahuja from 98Vape, and Louis Fawcett from Patrick Adair Designs. And this is all being moderated by Ian Leslie with Bolt. I'm super excited, and I'm sure you are too. Let's get to it. Over to you, Ian. Thanks, Trevor. Long day, huh? A long, great day. Ready for <laughs> another one tomorrow. Awesome, man. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for dialing in to Marketing Leaders Q4 Black Friday Cyber Monday Forum. Uh, pleasure to be here and have everyone who's uh, joining us. My name is Ian Leslie. Again, uh, I'm Senior Director of Retail Advocacy, Advocacy at Bolt, and I'll be your moderator for about the next 40 minutes. Um, I'm the brand ambassador for Bolt. I come from a merchant background. Bolt is a one-click checkout solution across multiple e-commerce platforms. I work a lot in uh, promoting our merchant success, uh, being the evangelist between our merchants and the platform and our product development, and then just telling our merchant stories. So a little housekeeping before we get going. Uh, this meeting is being recorded, so please ensure that your device is on mute during the panel discussion. Please use the Ask Question feature on the bottom right of your screen to ask any questions in relation to the topic. And then, as you've heard all day, engage with us on uh, your social media platform of choice, hashtag CommerceExcel, on Twitter at 2xecommerce, and 2xecommerce on LinkedIn. And then before we go any further, um, let's plug our sponsors. This event is being sponsored by our good friends at Juni, the financial companion that tracks returns on your entire business in one place. Measure all your ROI at Juni.co. And Marsis, the omni-channel customer engagement platform of choice for more than 1,500 companies worldwide, 
Mower at emarsis.com. Uh, and valuable to are grateful to have them as our platinum sponsors. So finally, let's get going on the session. Uh, marketing function seems to have come under attack uh, left, right, and center. Every day we're dealing with a new privacy issue or a new cookie issue or something uh, as marketers in e-commerce. So with that recent assault on data acquisition and subsequently customer retention, how are we answering the call? So um, what is the impact on, Delta, on the uh, Delta variant on our retail habits? So we're talking to a, a great uh, list of mid-market, upper C-level uh, marketing leaders here, and I'll introduce them one by one. So first we have Stefan with uh, Indochino. Hi, pleasure. Uh... Great to have you. Uh, Joe with uh, Vitaly. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. So great to have you. Michael is uh, over at 8Vape. Hi, thank you very much, everyone, for joining the conference. And then we finally, we have Lewis, uh, who is at Patrick Adair Designs. Hey, grateful to be here. Awesome. So, guys, we're the last session, so we got to bring the heat, got to bring the energy, because people are, are probably dozing off by now. They put the, the strong ones at the end. Uh, so let me just give you really, guys, like 30 seconds each. Just give us a high level of who you are, what your roles within within your respective companies. Stefan, you want to kick us off? Cool. I'll do that. So uh, thank you once again, guys. Uh, Stefan and I head up the, the marketing and communications team here at Indochino. Indochino is a menswear uh, brand, uh, omni-channel, uh, both online and retail stores. Um, and really, really excited to be here to talk about some of the exciting challenges that we have within the marketing ecosystem. I'll pass it to, to Joe. Thanks, Stefan. Um, I'm Joe. I head up the marketing department at Compound Studio. So we're uh, a house of D2C accessory brands based in Toronto that operates three brands currently. Our first brand is called Vitaly, uh, which is a genderless um, stainless steel accessory brand. The second one is called Clocks and Colors, which is a kind of rock and roll inspired sterling silver men's accessory brand. And our newest brand is called Etta Love, which is the sister brand to Clocks and Colors. So lots happening in the jewelry space. Um, this is Mike over at 8Vape. I started in the SEO side of things for 8Vape and now as the marketing director. And we do uh, vape nicotine products around the world we sell. Um, we carry every manufacturer. We're diving into other spaces like CBD and, and Canna and Kratom. Um, and we've just had to deal more with a lot of restrictions in cities and countries and states. And so it's been definitely uh, very difficult at some times. And Lewis? Hi, and I'm Lewis. I oversee the marketing org for Patrick Adair Designs. We're a men's jewelry company. We specialize in made-to-order jewelry, all manufactured here in Salt Lake City, Utah, made from rare and exotic materials, high higher-end average order value is kind of our focus. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So let's dive right in. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Q4, right on the horizon. What What are your guys' expectations? How How important is this season to you generally? I think the more I'm in this space and in, in e-commerce, I'm learning that not everyone takes Black Friday, Cyber Monday as, as importantly as I did in, when I was a merchant. So um, – what, what are you guys expecting and what are you guys seeing, expecting to see 2021 over 20 or are you benchmarking to 2019? Like what's, what's, what are your thoughts? Well, well, personally, like since 2018, every year I like to increase the total orders and the total 
multiple sales. And I, I tried to beat last year just within our company. Um, and so far, I've been successful since 2018. Um, a trick is uh, like having a separate section for Black Friday and then Cyber Monday, whatever day you want to start Cyber Monday, like have a hard, a hard cut on Black Friday and then launch Cyber Monday. And I always have better deals on Cyber Monday, so it gets those people who bought on Black Friday to buy on Cyber Monday, too. All right. So, chip witch or ice cream sandwich, or what are we doing? Um, yeah, I, I literally have an ice cream truck that keeps driving by my block, and uh, I'm yeah. tempted to run out and get a Klondike right now. I know. You could you could have <laughs> in the best neighborhood. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, Joe, what are you seeing from Black Friday, Cyber um, Apart from fresh ice cream, what I'm seeing right now is um, we had an you know, insane 2020 um, and grew, grew a stupid amount. Um, you know, starting basically from that first stimulus check all the way to holidays, uh, Q4 2020. Um, I think it's kind of unreasonable to expect the same kind of momentum through Q4 2021, but we have we have high hopes. Um, there's lots of talk of, you know, return to omni-channel and return to retail and as a, as a primarily online D2C um, suite of brands. Um, that's a little scary to us, but... Um, we don't see that as a headwind. We see that as, as kind of like a general consumer tailwind in our category. People are shopping more. I think they'll shop online more in general. So we're just charging forward. We want to see um, year-over-year growth, just like Mike. Uh, and I don't expect that e-commerce is going to be particularly affected by um, a return to person order. Well, well and, and sorry to cut you off. Uh, am I allowed to just ask questions? Um, based on... Um, like previous holiday sales recently, July 4th, uh, Labor Day, it was a better turnout than 2020. So I'm seeing Black Friday as looking at how July 4th went, Black Friday doing even even better this year than last year. For yeah, we do, we, do a back to school line in well. we do a back to school event as well for all three of our brands or, or timed around back to school. And that was like outpacing 2020 by 75-80% across the board. So hopefully that trend holds, you know. Stefan, how about you? I know when we talked leading up to this, it seems like your guys' approach is a little bit more awareness, a little bit less um transaction heavy and transaction focused what are you guys thinking and seeing going into that season it's very much the the build up to it right so october is all about building that awareness to to black friday and once you kind of hit sorry once you hit november um we're really considering that black friday stretches the entire month of november so um we're really trying to push promotions earlier on and and one of those is operational with having a retail type of presence. And, and again, the, the, the business model is you go in, make an appointment, and you're measured. That just takes time. And, and, and to try to squeeze all of that on the Black Friday uh, period is, is not possible. So we're trying to kind of spread that out a little bit. You heard that a little bit during kind of COVID period, trying to spread the curve. Same type of approach, trying to spread out kind of people um, coming into to, to our, our rooms, but at the same time building that buzz, right? We know that that's that key, key type of period. Everybody's looking for deals. And so find the, the right type of mixture that's fashion forward, but still also works for our business uh, to showcase that. Uh, Mike and, and, and Joe, you kind of hit it on the, on the dot as well, that you, you kind of have to tease with one thing, kind of Black Friday, and then find something else to kind of showcase on, on Cyber Monday. And that's totally the approach. And, and, and Stefan, I have a question, though, I guess, for you. But if you do that, then 
would it take away from any sort of Thanksgiving sort of promotion? So. <laughs> Part of the, our approach is almost a daily type of, of feature uh, uh, suits. Now, there's some that, that you know are better than others, and so we'll we'll have a kind of good strategic type of approach of one type of feature on Thursday, kind of your door crasher on Friday, uh, a holding pattern um, over the weekend, and then uh, a kind of let's call it closer on Monday. That closer on Monday is not even a closer because, again, that that will likely continue throughout. So again, the challenge is having enough product diversification. Um, having enough product uh, availability, and then finding the right price point, um, and then couple that with great type of communication. Product availability won't be an issue for anyone this year, I know. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Lewis, so um, pivoting to, I'm going to let you be the first on our next question, Lewis. So how are you seeing your budget change, or, or are you making any changes to the budget this year over last year? Are you, are you looking at things differently, considering different channels? Um, what yeah, are you looking so, at on the budget side? Yeah, so for us, our budget is highly elastic, um, obviously based on performance and cash flow and some operational things, all those things. So compared to last year, we'll probably be up 100, 125% in our spend. Um, that's currently what we're anticipating for Black Friday holiday, just based on what we're up right now for evergreen periods. Um and for us, I mean, I think the biggest advantage we have, because most of our product is made to order in the U.S., we have a much easier, like, cash conversion cycle compared to, I'm sure, every other brand on this call where, you know, we can we can get orders and convert that into product rather than having to have product and convert it into orders. Um, and our customer base is really used to that process, so we don't really anticipate hiccups there. But so it's letting us be pretty aggressive with how we're planning to scale and then we'll use, you know, with the iOS update rather than relying on single platform metrics, we'll use a blended metric to gauge efficiency based on targets and maybe pull back or push harder depending on where that falls. Any of uh, the rest, any, any big differences in budgeting this year, differences in spend based on what we're seeing in changes on Facebook, on retargeting, on cookies, any, anything like that. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess we're spending a little more on like photo shoots and things like that. And some software, we lost SMS. Um, we were using Yopto, did very well with them, but uh, we're in a restricted industry. Um, and so we're, 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 we're working, we're talking with some big software providers to SMS again. Um, it wasn't anything we did. It was just sort of the government. Um, and, and, uh, so that's where we would like to spend. If not, then some banner ads on, on, you know, sites, but overall we're keeping the same amount for Black Friday, the same spend limit. On our end, um, again, diversification is kind of the key, key idea. Um, also along the lines of building that awareness early on, October, November, and then harvest that awareness. Um, so everybody that's visited the site, remarket them like crazy um, when, when, when it matters most. Um, we know our remarketing pool is constrained uh, due to kind of technology issues We all that we're all quite, quite aware. So you got to build that funnel even more. Um, and that's a combination of video assets that we have, um, strong push from, from organic uh, sorry, uh, organic social uh, to really build that buzz, build that interest, get people to know about the brand, and then come back to our site um, through kind of remarketing efforts. Yeah, for us, it's, it's all about CRM this year. So 
Um, the budget, the budget was much more unconstrained and and less goal oriented in previous years. You know, pre iOS fourteen, where we just wanted to like you know drive engagements through uh, through September and October in order to remarket through Q four. Now there's now there's a lot more focus on you know driving a CRM opt in, whether it be email or SMS, so that we know we've captured that customer in the lead up to Q four, as opposed to just kind of like blindly spending. So I think diversification is is big for us across across platforms, but we're also, I think, a little bit more goal-oriented when it comes to driving um, driving that list, I guess, in 2021. I know a question I often got asked when I was on the merchant side is how, how frequently you're looking at the spend and the budgets and the performance. I don't know if, if this group is really holding the purse strings, but if does anyone have input into, I guess, you know, leading, especially in October, like this, it's really a daily, if not hourly, kind of consideration, isn't it? it's a daily thing um at least i don't know if i'd go hourly if it was adwords hourly um because at, but in eight vape we can't do adwords or facebook ads um but when i've deal, dealt with general ppc in the past hourly like your bids are different from 4 a.m versus 4 p.m so like and you can you can just maximize everything like that but on on a on a daily, it is it's certain days of the week we spend more money on ads, mm-hmm. especially on different sort of adult websites and things like that. Uh, we do spend based on days. I'd say for 364 days of the year, um, uh, daily is fine. It's that Black Friday that you're just looking at it hour by hour. Um, we're in Pacific time and you better believe I'll be up at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the team as well, checking, making sure that, that we're ramping up the way that we should, um, spend is going accordingly and, and keeping a, a track on that, making those bid adjustments on an hourly basis. I feel that that's at least with, with our industry, that's probably once, twice during, during the year. Besides that, I think daily is, is kind of, kind of sufficient. Um, if you have more automation, maybe you can kind of week, move to weekly, but, um, at least for us, it's definitely on a daily front. So, Lewis, we've kind of tiptoed around it a little bit, but the whole iOS update and um, us seeing some changes in the privacy and how we're able to, to retarget and remarket. Did you get, have you guys seen much impact from that? Um, yeah, we've seen really substantial impact, especially so our average order value. I mean, our products, like our most popular SKU is $340, and we regularly sell SKUs in the $3,000 to $5,000 range. Um, and so those aren't things that people are generally making one or even seven-day purchase considerations for. And so we've dealt with a lot of signal loss, which has really driven our efficiency down from the fact, you know, we used to be able to see 28-day reporting and things like that and make our adjustments based off that within Facebook. And um, so that's kind of our that's where it's impacted us the most. And so we've had to combat that just by being a little more, I mean, it's a little more like back to the old days of like, you have to be a little more about creative, a little more on your gut. And then like Joe said, we focus really heavily on CRM as well. I'm sure everyone here does. Um, uh, just trying to get emails, trying to get SMS. We've, we test a lot with like with quiz funnels where we try to segment customers based on, their actual product interest, whether they're shopping for a wedding ring or a graduation ring or any of those things. Um, and that's kind of where we've looked at to try to diversify and get some of that efficiency back. But it was a very big hit for us. I mean, it probably cost us 
probably cost us three to four million dollars in top line revenue this year based on forecasting just the difference between the months before iOS 14 and the immediate shift the months after. Wow. Joe, Stefan? Um, on, on, on our end, um, we're not seeing that much impact. Uh, I think we're diversified uh, enough on, on the media front. Uh, we've pushed a little bit more towards prospecting, and it might also stem from the fact that we're very firmly rooted in a last-click type of approach. Uh, we, we have a, a kind of interesting a, a, um, attribution type of model that uses both coupon-based plus clickstream plus um, uh, sorry, I'm blinking a lot. Uh, oh, a survey that we do. Uh, and, and that gives us good directional and that gives us kind of big picture. But when it comes to all of our performance, it's always last click. And uh, as a result, the, the impact there of the shortening of our of Windows, uh, Facebook in particular, hasn't impacted us us too much. Um, what we do see is an impact in the uh, remarketing audience size, right? That's gone from, from you know, uh, let's say 100 down down to that, that 60. So it just means you need to bring more people back on site, continue that, that, that frequency even more. Um, the impact there is, is you lean on your CRM a little bit and we're burning through that list. And how do you then balance that out? Um, that, that's one of the challenges that we'll kind of work through. Yeah, I think our, our story is a little bit more similar to Lewis's where, you know, um, we had some pretty lofty projections after 2020 um, that maybe didn't take into account the full impact of iOS 14 just on our are just on, on our ability to scale and perform, particularly on Facebook, Instagram, paid social, and stuff. So um, we've been seeing a lot of a lot of ups and downs. I mean, paid social is a roller coaster. Um, if you've been doing this for more than a couple of years, you're probably used to those like you know algorithm changes or big seed changes, where it seems like everybody online is like, you know, what's happening in my account. So it just it just seems like we've had a couple more of those, um, you know, since March March 26 or whenever that date was. Um, that we weren't necessarily expecting, but, but to be honest, uh, I'm kind of surprised at how, um, at how consistent we've still been able to acquire customers through our, you know, traditional paid social channels. Like I, I thought this guy would fall maybe to, to a, a larger extent, but I think maybe the focus is now more in the upper funnel because you're not necessarily, uh, able to gather those signals in the lower funnel and do stuff dynamically to retarget those people. Everyone's kind of um, in the mid to upper funnel in Facebook's eyes now because there's no signals coming from iOS devices. So, you know, as long as you have great content in the upper funnel and you're testing a ton of creative, I think you'll still be able to do super well in this ecosystem. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and big commerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. 
It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R. G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. So Mike, I'll get you started here. I mean, let's kind of take a step back and, and look at a pretty big picture for the season. What do you see as um, fundamental pillars in delivering, you know, a great Q4? Um. In the past, you know, a few months, it's just been very specific target marketing um, from push notifications and SMS and even emails, just designed very specifically targeted. And then just making sure, I mean, some of it's not necessarily on the e-commerce side, but making sure people get their deliveries quickly um, on, on the warehouse side. But definitely, um, you know, just being price competitive, always paying attention to our competitors um, and then still offering, you know, if not that price, a better price. And, and then just, you know, only sending messages to people who are buying certain things. Don't, don't spam them with a bunch of other stuff that we know they don't buy those products. Like we have 15,000 SKUs. Uh, and then some of those products, people, there's only certain categories of people buying certain things. So making sure you don't, upset customers because our database is all organic 750,000 people um and it's an addictive product overall so people are coming back you know um and and just you know making sure you don't you don't piss people off in the end I wish we could add nicotine to our products too. <laughs> Keeps them coming back. Well they do have actually uh, CBD clothes. I don't know if it's a scam, but there's clothes like athletic wear that's made from CBD with CBD infused in it. 
That's great. Yeah. <laughs> when I was on the merchant side in furniture, that's what, that's exactly what we were doing. We were adding it to the furniture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if they have couches with CBD uh, in it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, what about the rest? Anything? Um, what are the trajectory pillars that are kind of COVID or no COVID, pandemic or no pandemic? Like, what are, what, what are you leaning on as just kind of your go-to tactics this quarter? <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, the tried and true, paid, earned, owned t- t- type of media. Um, w- w- within Indochino, we, we lean heavily on um, kind of our earned, working with partnerships with with kind of big, big name uh, sports stars. Um, we'll, we'll lean on that. That creates some great type of awareness, great type of buzz. Um, from the paid perspective, it's, it's just all about efficiency, finding the right type of balance there to, to drive harvest and bring in that, that efficiency. And then lastly, t- type into to kind of your CRM type of data through careful type of segmentation, identifying the best of the best, the medium and the lapsed. Uh, it's it's uh, hitting them up with the right type of offers, relevant type of communication during the holiday period um, to, 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 to increase the, their likelihood to purchase. Cool. Great. Um, trying to see where I want to go from here. Um, is there, a, I guess, leading up to this quarter or the past year? I mean, obviously, we've all been kind of going 100 miles per hour in trying to ramp up our e-commerce with COVID and seeing, you know, whatever that number is, right? We've seen 80%, you know, we, we've or rather we've seen e-commerce hit 20-year-out um, goals in 18 months or something like that. Uh, but is there one initiative you took on that you feel really helped heighten that for you, really really kind of drove the experience home for your guys' brands on the e-commerce side? I think uh, not to like toot our own horn, but we we're already already like there for the most part, you know. Um, Mike underlines, you know, fulfillment time and customer service. We offer a lifetime warranty on all our products. We're natively D2C. Uh, we meet customers where they are. Um, I think we were like pretty well set up to handle this crisis more so than potentially kind of, you know, traditional brands. Um, and I think we are also set up to handle the headwinds of iOS 14, uh, in a kind of uniquely, uh, adaptive way because we were already moving away from kind of, uh, really refined granular audiences and moving towards, you know, broad targeting in terms of all of our acquisition efforts. So we were already in a place where we weren't necessarily relying on lower funnel seed audiences or, or anything like that. So we've just, we've just done well. We're blessed. Was there, has anyone taken on SMS in the past year to 18 months? I know Mikey, I know. I know that's a sore subject. um, (laughs) No, no, no. But we, we actually in, in 2020, um, we had it in 2018, but it was mainly just very reactive, you know, abandoned cart tracking numbers, just boring stuff. But in, and then when Yopto bought SMS Bump from some company in Bulgaria, then Yopto said, "Oh, we own this company now, Mike. We notice you're a customer." I'm like, "Oh, yeah." And then, uh, then we we then they really motivated me to sort of use it very proactively and like and. We're actually, they were learning too at the same time of all the different, how we, you can use it in full detail. And we had a 3000% ROI and it was only growing um, on it monthly. Um, it, it was, so, I mean, it's definitely something I think all companies 
should should be using. And, and currently, I'm doing that sort of stuff with push notifications, but it's very limited on the software on, on push push notification software on how you can pull from your order history in your database right now. And that's a kind of great point. If you don't have the app, if you don't have, you know, something that can do that push effectively, SMS is a great tool. Um, in our case, we've got, you know, a good kind of mobile site, but not app. There, app is not part of our, our roadmap anytime soon. So SMS is a great way to reach customers in, through the mobile channel. Um, it's really high um High impact when it's uh, a, a sense of ur when you have a sense of urgency or, or last last minute. For example, we had a great sale. It was an hour long type of sale, um, incredible conversion rate, um, and and you know just knocked it out of the park through the SMS channel. Um, and and again, that 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 is a, a good tool if you can marry it with that sense of urgency, relevancy. Uh, you combine the, those two; it's a, a great way to reach people, get get that that reaction, um, and and tap into to a different audience. It's it's better than email and reaching people on that moment in time. Like for this past Super Bowl, it was our biggest. Uh, we did a halftime sale as long as the halftime show lasted. Hmm. So as soon as uh, uh, I think the weekend ended his performance, the sale ended, um, and it was and it was the biggest. You know, like. 30 minutes that we've ever had in company history um, because everyone's on their couch during the halftime show. So we know their phone's right there. We text it to them. They're, they're, they're just sitting there on their couch. So it, it creates that urgency and we know the world, or at least America, which is majority of our customers is all, you know, sitting at home. Most people are what it's the biggest holiday in America, the Super Bowl. And yeah, we, uh, Possible. What was that? I said uh, SMS made that sort of like a possible yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, I was going to jump in with a funky stat. Um, we started onboarding with a, with our SMS provider, uh, I think November 2020. So it's been under a year. Our SMS list right now are for the most part like around 10% the size of our email list. And uh, we're driving like 80 to 90% of the attributed revenue from SMS that we're, that we're doing from email. So it's like roughly eight to 10 times more uh, effective in terms of revenue per subscriber um, than email. So we're like, we're super gung-ho right now. Yeah. SMS. Clavio, Clavio dropped some, some data last night on Twitter as they were putting out a report. And I think one of the things was that forms asking for phone numbers and emails see a submission rate at 2.9% compared to email-only forms receiving a submission rate at 2.7%. So, I mean, people aren't afraid to give their phone numbers. I mean, it's definitely a, an applicable and, and useful channel for sure. Um, very interesting. Lewis, any, are, are you guys doing much with SMS? Is that somewhere you guys um, dove into? Yeah, we've, we've tested it a lot. I've got a lot of experience with some of our brands I've worked with that aren't Patrick Designs. For us, our biggest issue is a lot of our we're, we're working on getting it to the point to where our customers are as excited about it. We do we skew to an older customer base, and it seems like, for whatever reason, for us, they're significantly less likely to give us their phone number than their email. And so that's what we're working for. But it is a thing where, like, I would say 60-plus percent of our customers are buying around a life event. So to them, it is a, like, it's an aspirational product where they're looking for, you know, they might have been saving for, 
a year, two years, three years for a wedding ring or something. So they're, I think they're just less likely. And that's kind of one of our biggest action points for Q3 and going into Q4 is how can we solve that issue to get the value there that we know is there. Hmm. So we've got about 10 minutes left and we have a lot of questions that we haven't hit yet. But one, I think we've been, we've been kind of, again, on the edge of, and one we probably want to all hone on in a little bit is, is first party data and CRM. And um, I mean, it seems like that's been uh, uh, for what success you guys have seen post iOS or, or what you guys are hoping to see with new security measures and cookie measures, et cetera, that, first-party data and um, CRM plays a, a huge role in combating that. So I guess what what recommendations do you have? I mean, there's there's a little people can do probably, you know, people aren't going to ramp up a CRM now for Black Friday. Um, so so what can, if they have a viable CRM, what should, be they looking, what should they be looking to do? If they don't, what should they hope to get accomplished by Black Friday 2022? Yeah, you know, I, I can take that. I, you know, CRMs is big word. Um, it, 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 in the end, it's at least for us, it's all about segmentation. It, it, we we took a, a step back, really looked at our customer subset, and said, well, what are the behaviors of those customers between purchase uh, amount, frequency, um, and and uh, volume, so to speak, and ju- just based on that, you know, uh, drew out the segmentation, get a better sense of them from the data that we have. You complement that with surveys to get a better understanding and, and uh, of the nuances, and that provides a more robust kind of type of persona. Who am I talking to and, and, and what's the best approach? And then it's really creating targeted, relevant type of communication. Um, if you have the technology and the technology is out there, automate it even more, throw in that persona into it um, and, and get those automation um, elements that go out. And anywhere from um, anniversary emails, whether it's your birthday anniversary, anniversary of your last purchase or so forth, those go a really long way to cement that relationship, mm-hmm. uh, continue that, that relationship and hopefully help them to make the, ne- the purchase to the next product. Inf- infinite segments of one, right? That's what we're all striving yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that without first party data for sure. What about the rest? This, I, I agree with Stefan, the segmentation and target is like, as targeted as it's good as best as you can do uh segments are definitely our approach what we've been doing and then our data is all i mean we don't acquire data for it's just people leaving their data on our website so mm-hmm. joe Lewis, have you guys invested i mean i think you guys mentioned crm some but just i mean just first party data and i mean we can even unpack a little bit about what that exactly is or isn't i mean that's obviously taking on so much more importance with the ios changes have you guys are you are you focused more on that end or what are you doing there joe um i think yeah first party data can mean a lot of different things and there's a lot of you know SaaS companies right now selling uh selling different kinds of first party data solutions First party data to us, I think, means any any data any data that we own. And I think, as I mentioned previously, like um, you know, collecting emails and and uh, phone numbers has been probably like our, our biggest priority this year. Um, in terms of using first party data to kind of like solve the attribution problem post iOS 14 or do kind of like deep 
server side segmentation or, or, you know, implement maybe customer logins on, on your website. It's not really something that we've, um, uh, that we started to pursue just because we haven't really seen those areas as pain points yet. Um, they might continue, this, you know, the situation might continue to evolve and we might be put in that position. But right now we, we kind of see CRM as the North Star of first party data for sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I would say we're the same way. And for us, like, again, where we see the value, it's, I mean, it's all going to be the same thing because that's really what it comes down to, but is the segmentation. And especially for, like, for us, we find if we acquire someone's email through a quiz, they're about twice as likely to open. Obviously, it takes a little more money per email or traffic per sign-up, obviously, because there is a little more friction there. But that's kind of the numbers we found for us is they're about twice as likely to open and then it lets us customize their entire experience because we can see, you know, this is where their target budget is. This is life of it. They're shopping around. This is stylistically what they might like through, you know, just asking them simple questions and then inferring data. And so we see a lot of value there. And it's that's one thing we'll probably be using as our North Star throughout 2022 is developing ways to make those more and more robust so that we can use them more than we do now. Stefan, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you seem, it seems like Indochino has a, a good grasp of, it's easy to collect data. Anyone collect data, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you process it and what you do with it and how you make it actionable. So could, like, how, how do you guys do that? What is that? I mean, without going into too much detail, yeah, what does, that what, what does like? it look like? I, I, again, uh, it, it was uh, our LTV model really looks at the, the frequency of purchase the value of the purchase and um, the, the recency of, of the purchase. Based on that, we then take each of the customers and, and we then assign a, a, a rank from one to five based on each of these attributes. And that kind of gives you a score. And I then have that score kind of reside within my, my, um, uh, my, my database. And so I can then query to, let's say, a 531. Right, five would be a, a frequency very, very recent. Three would be um, I, I bought three items, and one would be a lower end of of, of of a value. Great, that's somebody that's not as interesting. So, so um, maybe I might exclude those. I suppress those, and instead I'm going after the the um, let's call it uh, two, three, fives. Fives is like the highest value. Um, so, so definitely the highest average order value. Uh, past purchase. And so those are kind of the best of the best. And so I ensure that the communications that I do um, are, you know, catered towards them. They're highly personalized. Uh, For example, we're just about to to launch our our social ambassador program to our VIP type of segment. Again, we've identified our VIP segment, and now the social ambassador program will will provide kind of uh, I don't want to say free uh, product, but uh, discounts and, and offerings for people that post socially. Uh, by post, posting socially, you create a, this great flywheel of content that we then take that content and then we can reuse that in, in uh, blog, uh, email, et cetera. That's yeah, a perfect, perfect segue into my next question. We have nice. one last question, Mike. I'm going to start with you. Okay. I was going to say question. about user-generated content. Yes, that was my question. Yes, there you question. go. Yes, this is my perfect segue into my next question, which is building community. 
So, um, yeah, that was a, a great example of that, Stefan. Mike, what do you, how, how are you going about that? It sounds like you are. Uh, yeah, in 2018, I think, uh, uh, we started doing user-generated content as contests too, though, in a way. And, or, or just rewarding people, you know, a $9 discount uh, off any product if they submit the, like a, a full length review, but also doing contests where they were like, build your own vape juice. And then like, and like people would create like branded uh, products, descriptions, menus, and then we put them on the website as a blog post, each one. If you get a hundred uh, entrants and that's a hundred separate blog posts and a whole separate category, you know, like photo contests, uh, video contests, people send us their videos. Um, obviously they gotta be under a certain file size, otherwise it's just a hassle. Um, but like, Customers really enjoy that. And then that gives you content to share as well on socials. And you know, if you post their content, those people are going to share it on their socials because they're like, oh, look at my stuff's on this website. They're going to share it. And then it just gets you spread across so many different platforms. And and it also, you know, good for Google too, because yeah. you're, you're building content. Google likes that. Sure. Yeah. So it's definitely a great thing in building a community. And it's that so we even had paid some people, we even as a joke, we said we would give someone like three hundred or four hundred dollars if they got an eight bait logo tattoo. Mm. And they literally we had people and they videoed it at the tattoo parlor <laughs> getting a tattoo. And it was like we were just joking. We yeah. didn't really think anyone would do it. Uh, we, we gave them the credit, the store credit though. And then yeah, so if people I mean the content having the involving the customers is even if you're not even if there's no like prize people will still participate usually sure all right Lewis do anything quick on community uh, yeah, I'll just jump in real quick so we follow a content approach on community we also obviously we're gathering UDC but for us it's more about um, we document design process really heavily and then we post that straight to YouTube and let people um, interact on the channel, interact with us on social media, things like that. And that's really where we see a really strong community following because, you know, once they tune in and watch a designer design a ring for 16 minutes, they really feel yeah. involved in the process. And they also, for some, like, for some reason, they, they even build one-on-one -on -one rapport with the designer. So, mm -hmm. you know, they almost, they'll have like, personal jokes that we can send out in emails and things like that. And the, we can see the people who get them is like, Oh, he said this one thing and it sounded kind of silly, whatever we send that in an email and we can see the people who watch that video gravitate towards that line. And so for us, it's more about really focusing on creating content that our audience would like to, or our customers would like to watch as an audience. Any brand that's getting anybody to watch something for 16 minutes is doing something right. Yes. yes <laughs> um, well, I'm going to cut us off there. Uh, I think we brought we brought the energy, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, just going to uh, shout out a couple more of our sponsors as we close out here. Our gold partners, PostScript, making SMS for e-commerce easy. Automate your SMS marketing at PostScript.io. Recart, sell more with Facebook Messenger Marketing. Reduce abandoned carts at Recart.com. Three more. Silver Partners are Omnisend. Increase your sales, not your workload. Take the shortcut to revenue growth at Omnisend.com. Bolt, connecting retailers and millions of shoppers in a unified network. Your shoppers are one click away at Bolt.com. That one I knew. And uh, Be Profit, get all your e-commerce profits at a glance. Track all your expenses at BeProfit.com. 
Appreciate it again. Uh, thank you for everyone who joined us. Thank you for our um, panelists. And uh, this was the last session of the day. We start the day tomorrow with preparing for Black Friday Cyber Monday in light of iOS with Rytus Loris, co-founder and CEO of OmniSend. That starts at 1120 Eastern. And uh, feel free to take a journey through the exhibition hall, the virtual exhibition hall, and uh, put in all those codes that I think you got today for some free swag and prizes. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing everyone on both stages tomorrow. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X E-Commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X E-Commerce listeners on our Facebook group, E-Commerce Growth Accelerator Mastermind. Just search for 2X E-Commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.